Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, ladies. I hope your week is off to an amazing start. I wanted to dive in this week into all things thyroid health and to look at it from a perspective of environmental toxins. So we've talked a lot about nutrition for thyroid health and supplementation for thyroid health. We've dove into that numerous times on the podcast. You can always go back and listen to some of those episodes. They You'll find them in a lot of our Q&A episodes for sure, because I get asked a lot about thyroid health. Um, but environmental toxins is something that we don't really address or talk about. And so I really wanted to just highlight some of the toxins to really be conscious of and how it can really impact the thyroid and and shut down thyroid hormone output. So I'm going to dive into that today. And before we do, it's going to be, I think it's going to be really important to just do a quick overview of the thyroid, what it is, how it works. I don't even know if I've actually even done an episode diving into what the thyroid is and really diving into the different thyroid hormones and and what they do in the body and also just talking about the antibodies. So I'm going to give a little overview of all of that and what the thyroid is, and then we'll dive into some environmental toxins, what they are, how we can avoid them, and we'll go from there. And of course, if you always have thyroid questions or you need thyroid support, don't hesitate to head on over to my website, holisticwellness.ca. My team and I are happy to help support you with any thyroid issues that you're having, you know, I, I of course have experienced my own issues with thyroid health because having autoimmune Hashimoto's, I was diagnosed back in 2017 and had quite a host of symptoms and issues show up for me. And and so I've definitely been down that journey and I and I know what it's like and I know how it can feel. And having even autoimmune flare-ups from time to time with different environmental triggers or toxins, um, a food may have triggered me, stress, lack of sleep. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can really be triggering um, for autoimmune. So I definitely know what that's like. And your thyroid will start to also impact your sex hormones and just so many different things in the body. So if you're starting to feel out of whack with all of that and all these symptoms are starting to show up for you and you're really looking for some support, especially with appropriate thyroid testing, then head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash Dutch program, because that's where we do all of our, um, that lists out what our hormone program is all about and testing your sex hormones. But we will also discuss um, looking at thyroid as well, because thyroid plays a really big role in that too. So when we're working with our clients in our Dutch hormone program, we are testing all of their sex hormones and whatnot and looking at adrenal output because it plays a huge role with thyroid. And if somebody is dealing with thyroid issues, we're also going to add that piece on and address that too. So that's holisticwellness.ca forward slash Dutch program. You can learn more about that. You can learn more about Dutch testing and then book in a call with my team and have a chat with them there and, um, and see if the program is the right fit for you. Okay. So let's dive into what the thyroid actually is. It is a butterfly 
Y-shaped gland that's located at the front of the neck, basically on, on the base of your neck. And it actually has two lobes that are located on either side of, of your windpipe. And this gland is a part of your endocrine system, of course, your, your hormone system. And mainly, we know its effects on regulating metabolism. And I think it's really important to just kind of expand here on metabolism because oftentimes when I say the word metabolism or, or we just hear that word, we think of weight gain and weight loss right? That's often what that's associated with. And yes, that definitely makes sense. And your thyroid does play a role in your weight. But when I say metabolism, you know, your thyroid is governing the metabolism overall in your body. Weight is a part of that, but it's not the only piece. So it's governing the metabolism of your ovaries. So your ovaries help you produce your estrogen and your progesterone and play obviously a really big role in fertility. Your digestion and how things are moving through your body. If you have sluggish digestion, if you have constipation, if you're dealing with heartburn and acid reflux, I mean, these things can often be related to the thyroid. If there is a low thyroid output, these things, the metabolism of how things are moving throughout the body, it could be sluggish. So I just wanted to expand on that because because metabolism means more than just weight gain and weight loss. So the thyroid plays a role in, yes, your metabolism, but also brain development, breathing, your heart and your nervous system functions, your body temperature, muscle strength, skin dryness, menstrual cycle health, and then also your cholesterol levels. So normally the thyroid cannot be seen and it can even barely be felt, but if it does become enlarged and um, you know there's like a growth on there or goiter, it can then be detected by inspection while either swallowing or you can even watch for like palpitating in in that area too if you if you do suspect something and working with a um, practitioner you know your doctor they would also be able to to feel around too and and they might be able to feel if there's something gro growing there or some growth or something feels off and then in that case you might want to consider getting a thyroid ultrasound Okay, so how does the thyroid actually work? Now, the thyroid gland produces two main hormones, your T4 and your T3. And these hormones are called T4 and T3 because of the amount of iodine atoms that they contain. So T4 obviously contains four iodine atoms and your T3 is going to contain three iodine atoms. And under normal conditions, the hypothalamus in your brain releases what's called thyrotropin-releasing hormone, otherwise known as TRH, which causes the pituitary gland, it also is speaking to the pituitary gland, to release thyroid-stimulating hormone, known as TSH. So we've got our TRH and our TSH, both of which are basically coming from your brain, essentially, you know, different glands in your brain. And the presence of this TSH causes the thyroid to produce thyroid hormones, T3 and T4, which are released into the bloodstream, and now they can go on and exert their metabolic effects on the body. And so the release of these hormones are very tightly controlled by a negative feedback loop. This is where it can get a little bit confusing. So bear with me. So basically, if there are increased levels of T3 and T4 in the blood, the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland will notice those elevations and it's going to stop producing 
TRH and TSH. So it will stop the production of the T3 and the T4 because it already notices that it's elevated. Now on the flip side, if the hypothalamus and pituitary detect low levels of T3 and T4, they will release TRH and TSH to encourage more thyroid hormone output, more output of that T3 and T4. And the thyroid produces more T4 than it does T3. T4 actually has very little effect on metabolic rate in general. Um, on the other hand, T3 is very metabolically active. It's about three to four times more metabolically active than T4. And so when these hormones are released into the bloodstream, our T4 gets converted to T3, and it gets converted to three to T3 by the liver, the kidneys, and other tissues in the body. This is why it's a whole body response. You know, this is why we really want to support our body from head to toe because our liver, our kidney, and our tissues, they're playing a really big role here in helping that T4 to T3 conversion, which is that metabolically active thyroid, which is what we really, really want. Okay. So let's dive into like different thyroid disorders and diseases and what that all looks like. And so thyroid function can be affected by a variety of factors. So genetics is going to play a really big role here for sure, especially in the case of autoimmune. For me, I, my mother, my grandmother, all my female cousins and like aunts on my mother's side of the family all have autoimmune all of them. So there's definitely a genetic predisposition there in my case, and it could potentially be in your case as well. Um, so genetics definitely play a role. Nutrient deficiencies are going to impact the thyroid, of course, autoimmune, pregnancy, uh, if there's any underlying infections going on, liver disease, medications, even oral contraceptives and like your birth control pills, those are going to play a role. And if in just any source really of estrogen, um, and synthetic estrogens that you might be taking is going to impact the thyroid. And thyroid disorders, as you probably have heard this before, they're more common in women than men. And in the majority of cases, we often hear about low thyroid output, but there's also um, quite a bit of cases in women struggling too with too much thyroid output, which is hyperthyroid. So let's start with hypothyroid, so low thyroid output, okay? So this occurs when the thyroid is underactive and it can be genetic. And it often does develop later in life. So this condition tends to occur quite gradually, which is why it's something we really don't notice like right at first. And those symptoms just don't really present themselves right away. And I know for myself, like, you know, when I got my Hashimoto's diagnosis in 2017, I and my antibodies were quite high. I'm sure those antibodies were raised for quite some time and I probably had some thyroid issues going on for quite some time, like, you know, into, into my twenties, but I didn't have symptoms at that time. And, you know, how our bodies function in our twenties versus our thirties is, is very different. And also in our forties and our fifties, like, you know, things change, lifestyle changes, work changes. And as I got older and started you know, adulting um, and entrepreneurship and running a business and having a team and all of those things, um, that's when my symptoms started to show up, right? So stress definitely played a really big role in that for me. And so when you have an underactive thyroid, your overall metabolism is going to slow down. It's going to lead to this 
this general loss of of energy. You're going to feel really tired, uh, dealing with a lot of fatigue throughout the day, potential weight gain, difficulties in concentration, constipation, sensitivity to cold. You may also experience a slow pulse, changes with your skin. It could be thickening of the skin or even dryness, more dryness of the skin. You might notice also issues going on with your voice, more about like a horse, a horse voice. And I actually do notice for that that for myself. I also have um, even my sister in laws. They've had some thyroid issues over the years as well, and even just like voice changes. It's it's very it's very common. Like I've been finding recently, I'm clearing my throat a lot more, and I like my throat gets really dry really quickly. And, and then my voice gets impacted by that. So something for me to just pay attention to. And also, you know, sometimes I wonder like, is my, is my voice changing because there is potential growth now that showed up on my thyroid? And so, you know, that's just kind of like a bit of paranoia, but uh, still something to just be mindful of. Like I've had an ultrasound on my thyroid a couple years ago and everything was totally fine, but still something to monitor in case, you know, what if something, you know, showed up now and, and you know, it wasn't there before, but maybe it is is there now. So that's why prevention is is always so key. Um, you might also notice dry or brittle hair, a decreased libido, and then also in some cases, depression. So let's talk about Hashimoto's, also known as autoimmune thyroiditis. It is an autoimmune condition where the body's immune system is attacking the thyroid gland. Now, there's two types of thyroid antibodies. Your anti-TG, known as your anti-thyroglobulin, and then your anti-TPO, known as your anti-thyroperoxidase. And these are commonly present and used to diagnose Hashimoto's disease. So if you suspect Hashimoto's, and typically 95% of women that have hypothyroidism, okay, underactive thyroid, it's typically due to autoimmune Hashimoto's. So this is why it's so important when you are running lab work to not just test TSH, but also your T3 and your T4, and to get both of those antibodies tested, your anti-TG and your anti-TPO. Okay, so let's talk about, now on the flip side, let's move into overactive, so hyperthyroidism, okay? So this is when your thyroid is overactive, it's producing too many thyroid hormones. And this is going to basically give you the opposite symptoms. So it's speeding up this energy metabolism in the body, and it's gonna lead to hot flashes, sweating, trembling, weight loss, diarrhea, hair loss, nervousness, hyperactivity, emotional instability, irritability, insomnia, restlessness. You can also get a racing heart. And in some cases, you might get bulging of the eyes, which I'm going to talk about in just a second. But um, I know when I was on my desiccated thyroid, if I took too much of it, it, it made me hyper. It, it made me overactive and I was getting, I was sweating, I had hot flashes and my heart was racing. And so I knew I had to cut my dose back and, and kind of find that sweet spot. So um, something to keep in mind because if you do decide to go on medication or, or use desiccated thyroid or something like that, you, you got to play around with the dose a little bit and um, it could potentially flip you into that hyper mode. So just be conscious of that. 
Okay, so let's talk about Graves' disease because this is an autoimmune condition causing a form of hyperthyroidism. And the immune system produces antibodies that are called thyroid stimulating immunoglobulin, so TSI, that act like TSH. And it's stimulating the thyroid to produce excessive amounts of thyroid hormone. And so people with Graves are more susceptible to developing basically an eye condition where the immune system is attacking the muscles and the tissues around the eye. And this can lead to an appearance of of bulging eyes, like I mentioned earlier, where basically it looks like your eyes are bulging out from their eye sockets. Um, So this is, again, why it's so important that if you experience any of those overactive thyroid symptoms that I just mentioned, get the appropriate testing and make sure your doctor is testing for the TSI antibody. So speaking of testing, let's just dive into that and talk about diagnostic testing. So TSH, this is the most common diagnostic tool that doctors are using for testing whether you have low or high thyroid output. And it's usually performed first to check how well the thyroid is working. It measures the amount of TSH that's being secreted by the pituitary gland. So if TSH levels are below normal, hyperthyroidism is suspected because the pituitary gland shuts down its production to respond to elevated thyroid hormone. Okay, it might sound a bit backwards. And then in the cases of hypothyroidism, underactive, when the thyroid isn't functioning, functioning normally or producing little thyroid hormone, TSH will typically be high. So underactive thyroid means high TSH. Overactive thyroid means low TSH. Okay, so that's the number that you're looking for. Is it high or is it low? And... um. And so, yes, your TSH will uh, typically be abnormally high because the pituitary is trying to signal the thyroid to to respond by secreting more TSH. So it is an important test, but it does not give a clear picture about the overall health of your thyroid. So this is where free T4 and free T3 come in. They are preferred. Uh, These hormones are both released by the thyroid gland and T4 gets converted to the more metabolically active T3 by your liver, your kidneys, and other tissues. And so if the thyroid gland does not produce enough of your T4 and your T3 due to some thyroid dysfunction or just not enough TSH, then you're going to experience symptoms of low thyroid output. And then on the other hand, if the thyroid is producing too much T4 and T3, the increased metabolic effect of this is going to lead to symptoms of high thyroid output hyperthyroid. Um, Between the hypo and the hyper and all of the, like, I know it can get confusing, so I totally hope you're following. Um, Okay, and then let's talk about the thyroid autoantibodies. These are the antibodies that develop when a person's immune system mistakenly targets and attacks the thyroid gland. And this can lead to chronic inflammation, tissue damage, and or a disrupted just overall functioning. So this is what can lead to autoimmune disorders like Graves or Hashimoto's. So really important to get those antibodies tested. And you know, the higher the antibody levels on your lab work, it means the 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 greater the attack on your thyroid, which is why we really want to make sure to bring those those antibodies down. The other thing I really want to mention having, you know, 
been very obviously closely affected by this and and working with so many women in this regard as well is that sometimes your antibodies are just going to go up and down for like no real apparent reason. Like some you can't just pinpoint one thing that's going to trigger. There's numerous things that can cause your immune system to be triggered. Like I said earlier, it could be environmental toxins, it can be an underlying food intolerance. It can be genetics. It can be stress. It can be lack of sleep. Um, it can be nutrient depletion. Like there can be so many things um, that cause your antibodies to go up and down. Also, your TSH. Like it's such a sli- it's on a sliding scale. You can literally test your TSH like right now, this hour, and then six hours from now, and you're probably going to get two very different numbers. So this is why we can't just use that one test to really see what's going on with your thyroid, we need to get a bigger look here. Okay, ladies, being that we're talking about thyroid health today, I wanted to take a really quick break and talk to you about Thyroid Pro, an amazing product from Canprev. If you have low thyroid function, if you have hypothyroidism, then you definitely want to get those supportive nutrients into your diet like zinc, selenium, iodine, manganese, copper, L-tyrosine, and even ashwagandha. These are all the ingredients that you will find in Thyroid Pro. It is a fantastic product helping with that T4 to T3 conversion. Now, I don't recommend it if you have Hashimoto's because of the iodine. Iodine can pose some issues with autoimmune and Hashimoto specifically. Now, if you're working with a practitioner and someone that's monitoring your levels and your antibodies and all of that, then it might actually be something that works for you. But I do recommend just monitoring your intake around iodine. Supplementing it with it short term might actually be beneficial. But again, something you want to have a conversation with, with your practitioner. So I'm a really big fan of Thyroid Pro from Canprev. And I also really love their Adrenal Chill. And it really kind of goes hand in hand with the thyroid. Because if you've got thyroid issues going on, there's a good chance that there's also some underlying adrenal dysfunction going on. So Adrenal Chill is an amazing supplement that's going to help with stress and anxiety. It has a therapeutic blend of L-theanine. And it has a clinically proven form of ashwagandha. It's really going to help you face your daily stressors and a really great way to help you reclaim your calm. So I do use the Adrenal Chill Daily and it is one of my favorites. So those are some great products from Canprev. And speaking of adrenal health, another product that I love is the Organifi Gold. Their original taste like a turmeric latte. It's one of my favorites. I talk about the chocolate one a lot and I do love that as well. I always have them both on hand. And the Organifi Gold contains turmeric, ginger, reishi mushroom, which is so great for the adrenals as well. Lemon balm, which is so calming. Turkey tail mushroom, which has immune boosting benefits to it. It contains magnesium, which is a very calming mineral, great for relaxation. There's also black pepper, coconut milk, cinnamon, and acacia fiber which is a prebiotic and is great for feeding the good bacteria in your gut and supporting proper digestion. So if you want to try any of the Organifi products, especially the Organifi Gold, head to OrganifiShop.com, use the coupon code HEALTHYHORMONES and save 15% off your purchase. All right, let's get back to our episode. 
Okay, so let's talk about toxins that affect the thyroid. And um, some of them I may not even be able to fully pronounce. <laughs> We're diving into them anyways, because they they do play a role on, on your thyroid. And so the more we can minimize these toxic exposures, the better we can optimize our thyroid health. So phthalates. This is found typically in plastics and some personal care items. And who's most at risk here is actually children because they have a really high exposure to phthalates because of their toys that they're playing with frequently. So any plastic toys and things like that, something to be conscious of. Um, People who are using plastic food containers, especially if you're warming up your food in these plastic containers, you're going to have an increased risk of phthalate exposure. So something to be conscious of, switch over to glass. That's what we always use. And if you are wearing makeup, perfume, nail polish, hairspray, all of that, you know, on a regular basis, you're going to also increase your risk for phthalate exposure. Um, And so they've been linked to thyroid irregularities, um, but also just other hormone changes as well and just impacting the overall endocrine system. So something to be really conscious of. And Ways to avoid it is to is to limit your exposure. So buying those glass containers to use for for packing your meals instead of a plastic container. Um, you know, reading ingredient labels of your personal care products and and look into product ratings from very you know like reputable sources such an environmental working group. Their their skin deep cosmetics database is really really great, and um, you can you know get some product ratings on there. And the cleaner the better, of course. Okay, the next toxin, uh, if I can pronounce it right, perchlorate. It's found in food and water. So we are really all at risk of being exposed to this chemical because, because of its abundance. So perchlorate competes with iodine, and iodine is needed by the thyroid to make thyroid hormone. Um, so it's going to cause a decrease in the amount of thyroid hormone that's made. And um, what can then happen is it it's decreasing how that thyroid hormone is made, so it increases TSH and TRH, and this can ultimately lead to low thyroid output. So one of the ways that you can decrease your exposure is to, especially with your water, is to drink reverse osmosis, which I know is not everybody's favorite. I don't love it. If you do reverse osmosis, you want to make sure that it is remineralized. That's really important. Or you can opt for spring water. Spring water and reverse osmosis and um, also just considering getting a really good quality filter. Unfortunately, Brita is just not going to cut it. So you, you really need to look at something much, much bigger and better than, than the Brita. Okay, so next up, again, another one, if I can pronounce it, um, polybrominated diphyl ethers. Diphenyl ethers? I think that's how you say it. Polybrominated diphenyl ethers, otherwise known as PBDEs. Um, these are found in breast milk, also electronics, cars, and buildings. So many people are at risk because if you are a home renovator, a construction worker, if you're an office worker, because the materials that's used in buildings and electronic equipment and cars and all of that, you're going to be at risk of that. Um, so what this does is it actually decreases levels of circulating thyroid hormone because it can imitate thyroid hormones. So it can lead to this increased T4 output over time. So how can we decrease our exposure? Um, There's a few things to keep in mind here. So 
um, carpets. Like if you are thinking about replacing old carpets in your home, the padding underneath those may actually contain PBDEs. So be conscious about that. It's actually one of the reasons why we haven't ripped out the carpet in our home yet because I'm not sure what to expect. And then you're going to breathe all of that in. So it has to be done properly. Like we, when we first moved in, we steam cleaned like multiple times the carpets. We have carpet just in the three bedrooms. Um, So there's no carpet in the halls or anything like that. So thank God for that. But it's in their bedrooms. And so we uh, we steam cleaned like a mofo. <laughs> and then uh, like we had professionals come in and steam clean. And then um, we are like just on top of vacuuming all of the time. And then we also bought, um, I forget what it's called. It's like the little robot vacuum. And we just, we turn her on and I call her her because I call her Rosie the robot. So um, I'm always like, did you turn Rosie on? So we we turn the that on and, and it's great because for example, we have a, a big king bed and you can't vacuum under there. Like, you know, you can't really reach all the way under there. And so that's why having, oh, it's called the Roomba. That's what it is. It just came to me. So Rosie the Roomba, that's what I call her. And so we turn on Rosie and we send her under the beds, especially our king bed, so she can get to those spots that we can't really clean. And you know what? Like it does a really good job. So it's connected to like your uh, app. It's connected to this app on your phone. And so often what we'll do is we will, uh, you know, you might have to like move a few things around so it doesn't get caught in anything. And, um, we'll just like go out for an hour and run some errands and like turn her on and then get back home and like it's cleaned and she vacuumed up and she did a pretty good job. So we have that. We also have um, the Dyson, which is great too, because we have three animals. So, and Molly, our dog sheds a lot. So especially during like this time of year, like springtime, um, spring and like that fall time, it's those two times of years where like uh, she she's shedding a lot. So we, we were jokingly, Gaten and I were saying like, we should put a sign around Molly that says, do not pet until spring, uh, until spring is over because basically you pet her and all his hair falls off. So um, yeah, so that's why we have like a lot of vacuums. We also have central vac in our house. I mean, when we moved in, it was it was already here, obviously. So which is a nice bonus. So we have central vac, we have the Dyson, um, which is just for like every day um, or every other day when like we see dog and cat hair around and we just want to like, you know, quickly clean up and then we turn the Roomba on um, on the weekends. And, um, yeah, so we're always on top of that. Vacuuming is so important. Like vacuum, especially you have like a HEPA filter that can be really great. And just being conscious about like replacing old carpet. And if you're going to, you know, do it, do it well. And with professionals, um, if you're re upholstering foam furniture, something else to, to keep in mind where you might find some P, PBDEs. Um, so just some things to keep in mind. And then with breast milk, I mean, it's just because of the exposure. So um, there's been a lot of research done and and a lot of these PBDEs are showing up in breast milk again, because just just from from exposure and, and women being at work or in their office, um, in their car, all, all things like that. So I don't want to be like totally scaring you and thinking, making you think like you can't go anywhere and you can't do anything. It's just the awareness. I want everybody to have this awareness. And when we know better, we can do better. And if there's some simple swaps that we can do here um, and things to consider, you know, doing in, in a more professional way, like for example, the old carpet, you know, replacing the old carpet, or if we're thinking about buying a vacuum or, you know, HEPA, HEPA filters and things like that, like these are just things to keep in mind. And then, and then again, 
And when you know better, you, you can make some better choices um, and reduce your toxic exposure overall. Okay, next up, perfluoroctanoid. No, I didn't say that right. It sounds like an octopus. <laughs> perfluoroctanoic acid, PFOA. Honestly, I can't even pronounce that. PFOA or PFC, perfluorinated chemical. So very similar. They're not biodegradable. And these are the things you are going to find in your nonstick pans, water-resistant coatings, stain-resistant carpets, and even microwave popcorn bags, which is crazy. So people who work or live in areas where PFCs are very widely used so like, for example, if you work in a factory that, that's obviously manufacturing PFC or PFOA, you're going to be in contact with products that contain them and you're going to have an increased risk of exposure. So if you're near like a lot of factories or something like that, manufacturing plants, that, that could potentially pose an issue. And this can affect thyroid hormone output overall. Now, I know that these can sometimes make our life easier, right? Using a nonstick pan, um, but you really want to avoid using them. Um, so we use cast iron. They are my absolute favorite. And yes, they, like my mother, she's always like, they're so heavy. They're so heavy for me to use. And I'm just like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, just, there's nothing wrong with using your strength, you know? Yes, they're heavy. Use both hands. Like, you know, little things like that can go such a long way. So Really avoid using nonstick pans, switch to cast iron, um, ideally. I'm also being really conscious of water-resistant clothes and 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 like accessories. So this is a tough one because I mean, like I think about, for example, Molly, like we have a dog. If we if it's pouring outside, well, I'm gonna put my rain jacket on and my rain boots. The thing is, luckily the amount of exposure I have to that is so minimal. Like literally last year, I probably wore my rain jacket once and put on those boots once. So, you know, again, something to be to be conscious of. It's it's more like the, the water, actually rain boots, maybe not because like it's rubber, but it, the water resistant clothing specifically. Um, so just being conscious of that. And um, what else here? Don't microwave your popcorn bags. Yeah. Look, don't even use your microwave at all. Just get get that out of the house, all right? We used to use ours as storage. We literally used to put books in it. And um, and then from books, it went to like storing extra pots and pans and things like that in it. So um, make your popcorn. We actually have a popcorn maker, like a little a popcorn machine. And that's how we make our popcorn. Okay, organophosphate pesticides. These are also hard to avoid because they are found mainly in agricultural spaces, which of course end up affecting the produce that we eat. And whenever there are areas where there's lawns or gardens that are maintained, you're probably going to have these. So we're really all at risk here uh, since, of course, we rely on agriculture for the food we eat. Um, gardeners, farmers, grocers are going to be at a higher risk because they're coming into contact with these pesticides because they're obviously handling large amount of freshly treated produce and plants. So they do alter thyroid hormone output as well. And when it comes to limiting exposure, you know, you want to be buying fruits and vegetables that are treated with the least amount of pesticides. So yes, organic, ideally. Um, otherwise, go to the Environmental Working Group. You can go to their website and search up the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen list. And that could be a really good place to start. 
when it comes to minimizing these toxins. And if you can't buy all organic, at least maybe you can use these lists and, and kind of start there. Um, and then also avoid the use of pesticides and insecticides on your lawn or your garden for cosmetic purposes and, and for growing your fruits and vegetables, because then of course you're going to be eating them. So to get rid of different pesticide residues on, on fruits and vegetables, you can wash them thoroughly in running water. You can use like a small scrub brush to just clean the skin of your fruits and your vegetables. And doTERRA is, their oils are great for this. So what I do is I will soak fruits and veggies and green uh, leafy, you know, like salads and all of that. I'll just soak it into a bowl, put water and I add a little bit of the On Guard hand soap and a drop of lemon oil. And I let it sit there and then I, I strain it out. And often what I do is I strain it, but I'll even use that water um, to like put it outside in like some plants and things like that and in the garden. And so I can reuse it. But um, it does a, a really amazing job and it cleans everything. And it does not, it does not leave a lemon taste or the On Guard taste on there, the, the hand soap. It's like totally clean. You can 100% ingest it and it really cleans everything really, really well. So um, just be really conscious of, you know, environmentally friendly ways to control these different, you know, pests and, and, and insects and um, even like alternative pest control methods, you know, digging out weeds at their roots, uh, no, never cutting off more than a third of the height of, of your grass off and um, aerating your lawn to allow more moisture and nutrients to get to the roots of the grass. That can all be really, really helpful. And if you do have to treat something with like a pesticide or insect an insecticide, just wear protective equipment. I mean, of course, even if you're wearing the equipment, you're probably going to be breathing it in or you're going to be touching your lawn or your grass at some point. And again, still, you're going to have contact with it and be breathing it in. So being conscious of things like that, but maybe you could uh, at least wear some protective equipment and um, reduce your exposure a little bit that way. So how can you detox these toxins out of your body? I mean, there's lots of ways. I always talk about having a super clean diet, of course, because your diet is going to provide you with all that nourishment and all that nutrition that your thyroid needs, that your body needs in general. So eating a really clean diet, focusing on organic as much as possible, antibiotic-free, hormone-free, that's going to be key. Infrared saunas are really amazing for this as well. You can do some hydrotherapy, some cold hydrotherapy. So like alternating between hot and cold showers. It's amazing for detoxification. It is also just um, great for inflammation as well. And, and it just, it doesn't feel the best, of course, when you're standing under cold water, but it does work really, really well. So trying some hot and cold showers, uh, infrared sauna, sweating in general. I mean, exercise is going to be amazing because it's going to help you work up a sweat. And sweating is one of the ways we release toxins. Dry skin brushing is one of my favorites. And you can just get a long handled brush. And I mean, it doesn't have to be long handled, but if you do want to reach like, you know, hard to reach areas, you're going to need the long handle um, or even the glove. I, I have both. I also have the, the little glove as well. And um, it's called dry skin brushing for a reason because you're doing it on dry skin, not wet skin. And you're just going to move in circular motions up your legs and then up your arms and then around your stomach and gently around your chest. Um, and it's just a great way to get that lymphatic system moving and get that lymph flow uh, because the lymph doesn't 
automatically move. It needs that mechanical stimulation, which is really important. So dry skin brushing, it's also amazing for cellulite and for um, just beautifying your skin overall. And, um, and then of course, like supplements can play a role here too, in terms of what you need specifically, uh, that might be something to, to speak more so with like your, your practitioner, your coach. And like I said, you know, in the beginning uh, of this podcast, reach out to us at holisticwellness.ca forward slash Dutch program. If you want to do a much deeper dive into sex hormones and your thyroid overall, and really get a strategic plan in place. Um, and then of course we can talk deeper about specifically for you, what a detox protocol might look like and um, just environmentally how we can help to support you in reducing some of those exposures. So I hope this was a very insightful and educational episode and that you learned all things about the thyroid. And if you have any questions, find me over on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie. Thanks so much for being with me today. I'll connect with you all next week. Have an awesome day.